It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today. Day to has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that, okay, well, we typically do end, but it's not entirely our fault. You know, there are certain things called time constraints. Yeah, welcome back to another episode of Soccer to the Max. I, myself, am here as usual. The squid in all of his glory, Eric Watkins. And alongside me, the equally awesome, equally wonderful, at the McCrieger herself, Rachel McCrieger. How are you? Wonderful. Great. Happy to be here. And I love squids. And I also love whales. Uh, whales do have their finer moments. I'm not gonna lie. I just, I just bought my niece or nephew who was due in June a bib with a whale on it, and I, I want to keep it, even though I know I can't use it. Well, just think of it like this: just get another one and say that the first one was just the wrong color. True. True. Problem solved. See, see, I, I like to solve problems like that. I, I, I tend to be the fixer. What can I say? I have an act. Uh, behind the board is our lovely producer, Sean, but unfortunately, he's a teeny bit under the weather, so I told him, take a little NyQuil, relax, you just work your magic, we got it from here. So, week three, MLS... My heart broken yet again, thanks to DC United. Um, there's okay, lack of coordinating runs, lack of discipline, giving up penalties. I don't get it. I just don't get it. I had modest hopes for this team coming into this season, but. It looks like something has just fallen apart. Rachel, can you help me explain this at least a little bit? Because I'm confused. Maybe they're distracted by their cool new uniforms that they don't play all that well anymore. And honestly, not starting Lamar Neagle and having him subbed in in the 75th minute 
And also subbing in Sebastian Letu. Those guys should be starting. Yeah, I, I don't understand that because outside of Hamid, the only two bright spots I see out of the starting 11 are Nyarko and Kemp. And that only will take you so far. Very few opportunities even for them. And when you have guys getting into the box, normally it could easily create one-on-one situations, but a lot more often it's like one-on-three. And it's like, it, it just no, someone has to make some sort of run behind, get some coordination. And it's like, ugh. And then when you have defense, great, but when you're throwing your weight around and making silly tackles, I, 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 Oy vey. Yeah, but the one benefit, Columbus, I mean, off the schneid, which I guess in this case is a good thing. And we've seen a couple of others. Toronto FC, which, let me just say, I looked at the 3-5-2 formation and was skeptical, but somehow it worked. I like that, and it's like, if they can do it, maybe the U.S. should try to work something like that. (laughs) Maybe. Because, I mean, yeah, it, it took a little while for them to get going against Vancouver, which... Oh, all right. I don't want to say anything too much about referees, but Rex Shea, Rachel, I know off air we were talking about this. Oh, man. I even had to explain with my mom because she was looking at what's going on. I was like, well, the referees, they have this little technical rule called dissent. If you say something or you show up the referee or you pop off at the mouth, they will give you a red card. I've seen it happen before. And it's like, ah, why? How? What even is going through your head at that point? Why would you even, and it was, it was even more stupid because he contested it and was running his mouth about his first yellow card, which he clearly deserved. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, you know what you did is wrong. Just walk away. You don't got to say anything. But no, Breck Shea, he, he had a tendency to do this down in Orlando, too. He just, he just don't ran. remind me. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he wasn't a favorite on Jurgen Klinsmann's list, either. Well, I I can clearly see why right call in that case. And what's funny, because in seeing the red cards that were doled out, I looked at the formations that the team used. Vancouver had a 4-2-3-1. Very good at really holding Toronto, especially not even so much in the final third, but not creating a lot of chances in their defensive half while Toronto was on the attack. Shea's gone. Now you're in something like a 3-2-3-1 or of that sort. Wings just opened up everywhere. So it's like, what are you really doing knowing that you were set up for a good 
classical defensively tactical match, and then all of a sudden stupidity reigns. That's it's inexcusable. Yeah, it's just it's run your mouth and you won't get a red card. Simple at that, as Chance the Rapper likes to say. <laughs> well, kind of going off of that to another team, same formation, similar incident, although more questionable circumstances. Real Salt Lake, 2-1 loss to the Galaxy, their first win of the season. Now, what happened to Breck Shea made so much sense. He, he got what he deserved, but looking at that match and the referee with the cards and with Beckerman, I was like, this is why the players hate you. Did you think that was necessary, or am I just cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs? I mean, Cocoa Puffs are really good, but True. you're definitely not cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Poor Kyle. Poor Kyle. And Kyle, Kyle Beckerman, if, if you ever listen to this, you deserve better than this. And I'm sorry, and you have every right to hate the referees. Poor Kyle. He deserved better than that. Yeah, I mean, what, what was... He's such a vet, veteran player, too. Mm-hmm. In his veteran player skill, the tackle was like, I mean, maybe a foul, but nothing really beyond that. And and I'm not just saying that because he is an official member of the Brotherhood of Epic Hair. Uh, but then for the referee to look at him, he's just standing there, really minding his own business for a lot of it. I didn't see him say anything. And then I see the referee reach his pocket and it's like, wait, what's going on? And then, same thing, that kind of unraveled LA Galaxy, they went on, took advantage of the opportunity, wound up winning the game, and it's like, ah, come on. Come on. But, I guess maybe if I went to school and became a ref, I would have a more official something to say about that. But... On to some more better news. Minnesota, arguably best performance and best result of their now three-match MLS history. 2-2 with Colorado. And more first time that they've scored more than one in a match and first time that they've allowed less than five. I... Is this finally a sign? Has something clicked? Or was this more Colorado not really showing up like the other teams have? I definitely think it's Colorado not showing up because they haven't really showed up all season. And maybe they're still trying to get used to Timmy Howard being back in goal. And maybe they're getting used to the new people leading the attack. I don't know what it is, but they're just not clicking. And this definitely isn't a sign because, I mean, if you're playing two expansion teams against each other and one expansion team completely blows the other out, uh, that there was the sign of things to come. Well, and 
I kind of want to touch on that a little bit, especially with, and I still say he did a decent job, save for the very end of Orlando City, Adrian Heath. I mean, is there starting to brew a sense of panic? Because there's still a lot of disorganization on the pitch with this United outfit. Needless to say, they look good in their away kits, but... Ah, that doesn't transition into playing any better. Yeah, I mean, Heath definitely brought a lot of really good things to Orlando City. And he he took one of those good things with him and, you know, um, Lauren. But, like, I think he's just been... He's like Sigi Schmid. They're just two very inconsistent coaches. And his little repertoire he's making in Minnesota is not helping him out at all. Well, do you think he'll even last the season at this point? At Minnesota? Yeah. Because, yeah. I, I mean, I get not ever, not all expansion teams were like Orlando competing for the playoffs up until the last couple weeks of the season. God knows they're not like Atlanta, which we'll get to in a second, house on fire. But, I mean, at some point you would want to see some sort of improvement. And while technically there was, yes, one of those goals was on a penalty, but it's like, are the Minnesotans really as patient as I portray them out to be? Or will something click for them too? I hope they are patient, but... I think they'll have to. I think they have to be patient. It's, you know, it's their expansion season. I think you have to be a little bit patient. Alright, well, we will see. We will see. Now, with expansion teams, Atlanta, I mean... First of all, I could have sworn there was a mix-up with Chicago. I thought for a good little while that the referee sent off the wrong man for, again, debatable red card, you could say, goal-scoring opportunity, what have you, but thankfully the ref got that right. But aside from that, 6-1, now 4-0. What is in the water for Atlanta United? What's working? (laughs) Good recruiting. I mean, Almiron, check. Who is it? Martinez, that's, what, five goals in three matches? Martinez. Oh, my God. It's like, I'm hearing everybody saying it was like, oh, well, possible player of the year race heating up and I'm thinking yeah you're a tenth of the way into the season slow down but looking at him it's like maybe I mean part of me is wondering now that you go deeper into the season can they keep this up I think they can I mean it's all just about consistency and You know, they're doing a very consistent job finding the net. You know, they haven't really had 
I guess what you would call very easy opponents. I mean, I, I think they're doing a really good job. Well, I mean, we'll see because when they, I find that when they get not even really into the box, but when they get close, one tactic, and I hope other defenses figure this out, they love playing wide. However wide the pitch is, especially at Bobby Dodd, which is pretty spacious from the looks of things, they will use every inch they can, and it's like, how are you really going to stretch your defense out to keep up with that? And then near centimeter perfect passing, it's just, ugh. Maybe, maybe I was wrong. Maybe I should be as high on them as I thought. But anyways, while things are going good with them, you, you've got some teams off to some surprise. Partially surprising hot starts. Orlando, thank you, Kyle Laren. Portland, Adi, SKC, FC Dallas. They get all of them to get major results, staying unbeaten on the season. And I especially want to focus, putting on my Homer hat here, Orlando City. I mean, I wasn't entirely against their new stadium. I like the location, I like the feel, but is that helping provide some good home cooking? Because, my God. That's why I was upset to see that their game last week against the Revolution got canceled, because I wanted to see how they were going to do away. I think you can really get a feel for Orlando when we see them away. Well... Very true, and honestly, as upset as I was, and I was as worried as I was with the Kaka injury, Kyle Aaron stays healthy. We'll be just fine. <laughs> so <Yeah>. that, <laughs> yeah, that's why <laughs> I'll keep doing that as long as I have to because. It, it, needless to say, the strategy is like, okay, you get open. Everyone get the ball to him. We're going to win. Simple as that. But out of those four, and especially out of the other three, which one of those are really surprising you the most? If any. Sporting Kansas City. Hmm. Okay, any particular reasons why? Because I just, I don't know. When I think of undefeated teams, I don't think sporting Kansas City. And they, they've had a couple of really um, close close games, you know. San Jose, if, if David Bingham would not have scored that own goal, oh gosh, David Bingham, my goodness, then... They they definitely they definitely would have settled for a draw or something, but just you know, there's talent there. There's there's my boy Benny. There's um there's my boy Matt Beasler. It's just I still don't like Graham Zusi being a right back. That still kind of scares me. And really, Dom Dwyer has been the only 
attacking presence wise um, person that they have in the forward position. I mean, Sunni Saad is, you know, not really cutting it. Well, I mean, again, he, he did catch a bit of a break with the hand of Claude as I throwing back to what similar situation that happened with England in the World Cup. I mean, true, but... And I wanted to ask about this with the Zussi at right-back situation. In that match against San Jose, which, to the Quakes' credit, they nearly came back and got a draw out of it. Kudos to them for fighting and for having someone other than Wondolowski score. Big benefits. But... I saw Zussi making some more attacking runs, really pushing the pace up the right side. Do you think that's going to start creeping into the mind and putting him back at midfield and officially abandoning the experiment? Or is this one of those to where it was an aberration and the situation just kind of needed it? Maybe, but the thing is, is that... You know, that's that's what all left backs or or right backs are doing. Um, you know, look at the World Cup, look at the MLS right now, look at Europe. The backs don't stay very you know, very far back. They go forward, they attack. It's a football has become a very attack minded game. And yes, I say football again from Europe, so sorry. Sorry, not sorry, I should say. Um it's a very attack-minded game now. So I would I, I want to see Graham Zusi as a midfielder, but I mean, if he's gonna if he's gonna attack as a right back, then I, you know, I'm a little bit more confident. Well, and hey, don't get me wrong. I love some good attacking football, but and I will say this is a bit of a history lesson. Don't teams. Do not be tempted to reverting back to the standard 2-3-5 formation as it was as the turn of the 20th century. If you do, I will come down and smack you, personally. But at the same time, we developed the game to be more of an attacking style, and I don't mind that. But at the same time, if you're going to attack as an outside back, would it be more beneficial for teams to more teams to switch to like a back three and kind of have a deeper playing midfielder to set things up? Like a like a six, like a diamond? Is that what you're thinking? Not somewhat. Maybe it. Maybe a. I guess maybe a heavier set diamond or as closer to like what Toronto did with the 352 or I don't even want to think about a 361 that would just be wrong oh, but it, it, but something along those lines essentially not having four at the back is an easier way to put it Yeah and a lot of teams are doing that um three back type deal. And I mean, it's, it's working for some, it's not working for some, (laughs) but just depends who you got. 
Well, if you can set up a good counterattack strategy and really dominate not just the middle third, but really the whole corridor between the 18s, okay, I can see that happening. Now, kind of wrapping this up, really thinning out with these last two unbeaten teams before we go on to... Uh, the qualifiers, which I'm very nervous about. Yeah. Portland, FC Dallas. Which team would you not want to face? Because while Dallas is good, Portland, when they're on top of their game, to me, they seem much scarier. I would definitely pick. Um, FC Dallas, though, because I am really riding on the hot streak of Kellen Acosta. And, wow, he is so good. Like, honestly, he is so good that he could carry that whole team. Well, I mean, to me, that does make a bit more sense, and especially... One person that I know we've talked about before, Darlington Nagby, who, after a while, had kind of disappeared. Welcome back! Yes, you're on the team, and you're being a contributing member. I mean, what happened to him where he suddenly reappeared this week, of all things? I saw him running and using a lot of speed. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, he moved in that game to... With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Left midfield, which is very, very particular because, and we'll get we'll get to this later, but, you know, with Fabian Johnson now injured for the national team, Darlington Nagby's probably going to be that left midfielder for them. But we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. I'll, I'll be crying about the injuries here shortly. Yeah, I, I, I saw your tweet about that, and I was like, this, especially now, this can't be good. I mean, it's this, this is, with these injuries, it's getting me nervous. So I am seeing, and this is going to be one of my recurring themes, MLS players stepping up and saying, okay, if freak things happen... We're going to be here. So maybe that's a saving grace. Maybe I had Bruce Arena wrong when when he was showing off at the his hiring, but time will tell because again the qualifiers are upon us. The rosters released and so many changes. Okay, if it wasn't Honduras and Panama, maybe I wouldn't be as worried. Maybe if we weren't 
where we are in the hex, I would be as worried. But kind of like a rogue wave perfect storm phenomena is coming. I maybe there's a bigger hint of a disaster than there really is. Maybe I'm sensing something, but oh this help me, help me, please, before I announce this roster, help me. <laughs> oh man. I just I I look at the roster and it's it's hard to see many fast paced guys that can keep up with those South American wingers, the South American forwards and midfielders, and ugh, I'm scared for the potential bloodbath that will happen. Uh, uh, okay. Before, before we start going and dissecting into suggestions, because I have a couple of ideas, let's lay it out, all cards on the table. Keepers. Tim Howard, Nick Romando, David Bingham, Brad Guzan. No more Brad Guzan. He is off the roster. Oh. David Bingham filled in for him. Oh, good. That I, I saw his name and I'm like, it, 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 it's just, 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 just no, no. Although Bingham, but still, okay. Now, Defenders. Matt Beasler, okay. John Brooks, Jeff Cameron, Demarcus Beasley. Ugh. I don't know necessarily about that one. I think give the old guy a little bit of credit. I mean, I wouldn't have him out there the whole 90 minutes. Yeah, don't Maybe. start. Uh, let's see. Omar Gonzalez, Michael Orozco, Tim Ream, Jorge Viafana, Graham Zussi, uh, mm, okay, and Walker Zimmerman. Mm. Walker Zimmerman just never impressed me in January camp. I don't think he did enough. Granted, they played Serbia. Uh, Serbia didn't attack them too much, but well, everyone talked up Walker Zimmerman. And I'm sorry, Sean, I know he's an FC Dallas guy, but it just I don't understand the hype, question mark. I don't get the hype, and I'm not impressed with the hype. Well, I can't necessarily count with Serbia. Of course, they didn't attack much because they brought essentially a C team. So that it's like six of one, half dozen of the other. But it's like, I guess he's trying to give him a bigger stage so he can prove the hype. But mm, that I, I, I'm kind of with you. It's just like the common saying, there's no there there. <laughs> Ah, oh, midfielders. Oh no, I'm gonna start crying. Uh, well, well, would you like to take the honors while I hold your hand? <laughs> uh, we, uh, Kellen Acosta. Mm-hmm. Asha Question. Mm-hmm. Mike Bradley, Alejandro Bedoya. See, it's Sebastian, not bad so far. <laughs> Sebastian Leggett. Okay. Sorry. Darlington Nagby, as I grit my teeth, mm. Dax McCarthy, Christian Pelusic, and no Fabian Johnson. Now, let me tell you guys a story. Last year, I brought, bought tickets to go see USA Mexico in March. 
Fabian Johnson was named to the roster. And the next day, he got injured. Fast forward one year later to March 2017, and Fabian Johnson was named to the roster on Wednesday. He was injured on Thursday. I spent all of Thursday and Friday defending Mr. Johnson on Twitter, number one fan status, because I'm sick and tired of seeing everyone saying that Klinsman was right. Maybe he isn't committed to the national team. It's an injury, people. It happens. I'm sure Fabian Johnson did not want to pull his hamstring on purpose. Okay, and I understand that, but I have one question. You didn't do anything in buying any tickets this time, did you? The match is in California, and I am in Pennsylvania, so I did not buy tickets. Okay, good. So so just to be clear, nobody can blame her. Nobody Let's get can that blame out of the way. <laughs> but I, I honestly think you're right. It's not like the World Baseball Classic where players are just going to say, "Yeah, yeah, I'll pass. I'll come back in four years." No, there is dedication, wanting to play, wanting to qualify to get to the World Cup. So I understand. It's just March seems to be a very, very bad month for Fabian. I don't know what it is. <sighs> Well, I mean, bad and good, he did just have a kid in March. So, you know, good in that sense, bad in the other sense. Mm, I'll, I'll take that. Well, let's see. Having a kid, not playing for the national team. Mm. Yeah, I can see how in a lot of situations that would balance out. So I see your point there. But, I mean, like, the midfield is take take out... Fabian Johnson, the only person that isn't a domestic player is Christian Pelusic. And he is somebody that you have to start. Yeah. Pelusic is so good. I see him and Kellen Acosta, Michael Bradley, and Alejandro Bedoya starting. So you so you see as a four in the midfield. Yes. Alright. Well this and, and I will smack Bruce if it's a three. Well, well, let's looking at the strikers: Josie Altador, Clint Dempsey, Jordan Morris. No Bobby Wood again because of injury, which is devastating. Extremely, because this is what I wanted to ask. We know that three up top is impossible, especially with the Wood injury. What would be kind of the formation you would want to see Arena use, given this roster? And again, given you said Honduras, they have five MLS players. Panama, they have nine MLS players. So you're going to see a lot of familiarity. What do you see Bruce doing in this instance? I think... I think his best bet would to be a diamond, but, you know, he's mentioned that he might do a 3-5-2, but a five-person midfield, I don't know. I mean, Klinsman basically brought back the diamond formation during the World Cup, and it honestly worked out pretty well. That's how they were able to advance. I don't see why 
they wouldn't they wouldn't use it. Like use it for both games, maybe change it up. But if they try this three five two and it doesn't work, I would I mean, to me, the diamond, as you said, it would make more sense. If you're looking at protection and trying to guard on the wing, yeah, three five two would be better, and you really wouldn't have any issues as far as your central three in midfield, so that would be great, but I definitely would not do three five two in both matches. That just... No. If you try it in both matches, you're really setting yourself up for failure in my mind. So, I mean, he's hinted at this. Maybe if you're going to have some sort of experimentation going on, this isn't the ideal time to do it, but fresh out of a camp... Okay, I would hope you would have tried it, but uh, I don't know. I to me, too many key injuries at this point, and I'm getting that infamous sinking feeling here. I just don't get too why um, with the injury to Bobby, with the injury to Fabian, why pull in so many more defenders? There's ten defenders. You don't need that many, honestly. And no. I, th- I think, and this might be an unpopular opinion, call in Aaron Johansson. Bring him in as a forward. Like, call in Alfredo Morales to the midfield. He's been doing pretty good for Ingolstadt. Call in Danny Williams from Reading, you know? I don't understand why there's so many. Well, do you think that he's playing? He, that he's calling in this many defenders because he is hoping for a couple of draws or maybe some one nil wins? Because though that's a pretty major ask at this stage of qualification. I would say the one nil win because I know Bruce Arena definitely has said that he is not aiming for draws. He is aiming for wins, and honestly, that's what they need. Well, well, true, but usually if you're going 1-0, I mean, those leads, you say if you score early on, you get 60th, 70th, 75th minute. Your defense is getting more and more wary, and that's hard to hang on to. Uh, I still think that it's too big of an ask, and I think you're right. Maybe eight defenders, nine midfielders, and three, four, five strikers, so you get yourself versatility, but that's why I'm sitting here, and he's managing the national team, so I don't know. <laughs> yep. But alas, we will definitely find out we've got match on Friday against Honduras, 10.30 Eastern, 7.30 Pacific. And then we got 7 o'clock Tuesday, 7 Eastern, 4 Pacific, Panama. Ugh. There's 
points. And these are points that could easily be earned. I'm not saying that six is overwhelming. Okay, looking it up, the Panama game is at 10 Eastern, 7 Pacific, so another bit of a late night one. Mm, boy, going to work the next day, that's going to be a fun feeling. But is it... If you had to give me an over-under on points in these two matches, I would say two and a half. I know that's a bit of a stretch on that line, but it's... I don't know. I don't think it would be going too much higher than that one. Yeah, I I would go with the same. I'm nervous. Well, I mean, the good news is... There's still a little bit of time, and in the ever-shape-shifting world of qualification, we would have maybe a half-decent shot if it came down to the playoff. I don't want it to, but if he comes out, team plays great, improves us all wrong, I'll gladly start singing a different tune. (laughs) Agreed. Now, to... Somewhat of an interesting bugaboo as far as timing. With the Mexican League's referees going on strike for demanding more respect on the pitch, which I'm not going to argue any sort of reasoning behind that, although I don't know the situation in depth, they had a week off where MLS didn't. So when CCL came around, I was freaked out. But it turns out I shouldn't be as freaked out as I thought. Pachuca, even though they had a hell of a match, FC Dallas, they came back, got a 2-1 win. And Vancouver surprisingly held Tigris to 2-0. We predicted an all-Mexican CCL final. I don't necessarily know if that's going to be the case after seeing these score lines. Um, well, I was definitely shocked by FC Dallas's win. No offense, Sean. But with the um, Mexican League, like, kind of taking a break, it seems, I'm going to give the uh, upper hand now to the MLS teams. I'm definitely going to flip my switch a little bit. I have to, and especially, and Sean, I'm going to be nice. I think even with the Pachuca goal, I think SC Dallas can take that second leg and get to the final. Vancouver, I'm a little more worried about, uh, especially after the Toronto match, but I, you're right. I think MLS is going to have a little bit of an advantage because they're able to develop and get a better chemistry and have more of their legs under them as they play. So, do you think with this result, especially if they can hold on, do you think Dallas could finally bust through and become that first MLS team to win the CCL? 
Oh, yeah, because Vancouver sure as heck ain't going to do it. And this is why Canada, I love you. I'd be glad to move there, especially the way things are going here in the States. So, yeah, to all my Canadian friends, um, help. But at the same time, this it, it's not boding well. And I believe with uh, Vancouver, the second leg is at home. Let me see if I have this right. Yep, second leg is at home, but 2-0 down. I don't know. That, it didn't know. I, I feel a lot better about FC Dallas going away, oddly enough, than I do with the Whitecaps. Especially if Breck Shea is going to run his mouth again. Mm. I... I would say maybe he'd learn his lesson, but I, I can't hold my breath on that one. I can't. So, if Vancouver better figure out what, a good starting 11 to where they would play with 10 and maybe practice that way. I don't know. Stranger things have happened. Ay, 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 ay. Strange times. <laughs> But, uh, alas, that, that, that brings us to the end of our show, and, and I hope we don't have you sobbing into the last of your drinks for the weekend. If not, well, if we have, then we can't entirely be blamed. I'm if you want to sob about Fabian Johnson with me, you, you're more than welcome, because I will continue sobbing uh, probably for the next two weeks. Well, I mean, is the injury that? Bad. Not, um, not, not, maybe. Well, his club said that he's out indefinitely for like the time being, but they they're actually being very vague about it. They've never been this vague about it before. So come on, Gladbach, what you doing? Oh, trust me, vague usually means bad. <laughs> From all my experience in rooting for teams with players out on injury, if, if they don't, if they're not willing to give a time frame, then that means that they're taking it slow, and they're going to be taking time to reevaluate. So, I, to be prepared. Get your tear ducts ready. I'm afraid. Great, just great. Hey, hey I, 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 I don't don't kill the messenger. That's all I'm saying. You know I love you. <laughs> oh, you know I'm awesome, and I do it from my heart. Thanks, but, but before I dig myself in any deeper hole, I'm going to get out of here. You can catch me on Twitter if I have not been previously dispatched of at Squid Sports Head. And definitely stay tuned because with between this, Foxy and Squid, this week in the AFL, yes, you'll still be hearing a lot of me over the coming weeks. And maybe even some conundrums. Uh, no, no, no. I, <laughs> no, I, I've explained this before. The conundrums are finally under control for now. I need to keep it that way. For my own sanity. <laughs> but alas, Rachel, it's time to get into a couple of shameless plugs. So what you got? <laughs> 
The what? Shameless plugs. <laughs> I'm scared to answer this question. You've never heard of a shameless plug. Like, I, okay. I let, not. Let me rephrase. Hey, Rachel, where can they find you on Twitter? <laughs> oh, easy peasy. Uh, I am at the McCrigger with two E's. And my last name is not spelled the German way. It is K-R-I-G-E-R, not the traditional German way. Sorry, my German friends. And um, this is the only podcast I do, but you can I always tweet out my links to my stories, and you can always check those out there. And um, that's where you can call me, beat me, if you want to reach me. See? You've just done a shameless plug. How does it feel? I feel good. I feel good about it. There you go. And, and for our wonderful producer, Sean, hopefully he will be under the weather and will have taken my advice with the NyQuil-DayQuil combination. Although, granted, I will say I'm not a doctor. You can catch him on Twitter at W2MSean or W2M Network. If it weren't for him working all of his wonders, we wouldn't be here doing this awesome show for you right now. So... Definite shout out to him. Until then, I think I just heard the ref blew his whistle. So we shall see, he see, hear all that good stuff next week. Asta. The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment.